For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. edition of Over the Line, January 17th, 2019. I am Andrew McLean, as you know. Welcome. I'm glad it's Thursday. It's the last show of the week. And that means I can go ahead and Deal with my sickness over the weekend and not have to worry about missing any shows. It's not as easy to get somebody to come in and fill in for you when you're doing a podcast, which I, I, I don't know how much people even enjoyed having others fill in for them. Like back when I was on the radio. I would always hate when somebody filled in for the host that I always listened to. Because it was never as good. You would almost rather hear a replay. Uh, But that's not how that works. And if I could find somebody to fill in for me, I probably would. But I don't. And I'm not going to. So that's okay. We're going to do this. Even though we got a little bit of a late start for you people that uh, normally listen to the show live. Uh, but yeah, we're making it happen. Off the top, the number here, uh, we've still got our phone number for the time being. If you want to get in, you can do so by calling 646 668 2714. 646 there's some stuff to talk about. Nothing's really changed. A, a couple of instances on the front of 
the government shutdown, we've moved into something different. And by the way, I heard a stat this morning that um, the the U.S. has now lost five billion dollars in productivity from the government shutdown, whether that's people not showing up to work because they're not getting paid or they're being um, furloughed or whatever the case is. What did I say? Did I say five million? I meant five billion dollars. We've lost five billion dollars uh, in productivity because of the government shutdown. And guess what? That's what Donald Trump was asking for the wall. <laughs> five billion dollars. So here we are. Here we are. Democrats so concerned with wasting money on a wall have now held out to the point that they went ahead and spent that $5 billion anyway. Of course, they'll never acknowledge that. I'm sure no reporters will mention that to them and ask them for their comments. But um, that's that's the stat I heard. Now, I heard that from Stephanie Rule on MSNBC, so I don't know how true that is. But uh, take it for what it's worth. If it is true, which it sounds right then that's pretty funny. I mean, you know, it's bad for the economy or for these workers, but it's funny in the sense that the Democrats fought so hard to not be wasteful spenders, and here they are. They spent five billion, <laughs> they lost $5 billion trying to save $5 billion. Sounds like me and uh, trying to do uh, a monthly budget. All right. Where we want to start first, my, my show prep is kind of discombobulated. I'm, I'm going to be all over the road today because we're running so far behind that I didn't put stuff in order like I normally do to keep some sort of some sort of structure to this podcast. Uh, so just bear with me. I'll throw some headlines out at you before we get started. But uh, the big things people are talking about, I think the media has moved past the Clemson uh, McDonald's Gate issue, where Donald Trump uh, hosted uh, the Clemson Tigers national champions and uh, fed them a bunch of fast food, and everybody freaked out because, like, that's the biggest problem we got going on right now. Um, I think the media has moved past that because, with the government shutdown continuing to go on, no end in sight, uh, a matter of who blinks first. Nancy or Donald Trump, there's bigger fish to fry, especially with the latest the latest revelation on the shutdown, which is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi has alluded to the fact that she's going to disinvite Donald Trump to conduct the State of the Union. Now, the way that works is, in the past, the Speaker of the House would invite the President to give the State of the Union speech in the House of Representatives. So the Speaker is kind of like the gatekeeper. The Speaker is like head of the household in the House. And so you, it's an invitation, even though you think, well, the president's more important than the speaker. Yes, but this is just the way that it's set up. It's breaking protocol, first of all, to disinvite the president. But her reasoning, and bear with me, because I can barely breathe. This is how sick I am. Hang on. Let me. 
Let me drink some water here. The reasoning she gave is that they can't do it for security reasons because of the government shutdown. She's been advised that they don't have enough security on hand to put all of the politicians and all of the members of the House and the president and his cabinet. They they just don't have the security to put them all in one place and have people guard the event, I guess. Uh, so people were like, wow, that's kind of weird because we've got to have security anyway, and we had no idea that we were lacking in security. That means we've been unsafe this whole time. So they're like, hey, let's go to Capitol Police. Let's go to the Secret Service, uh, all the government agencies that deals with our protection, and let's go talk to these guys and, and see see what the deal is because we're in danger, according to Nancy Pelosi. So they go and ask them, and they're like, uh, we don't know what she's talking about. I mean, our job is to protect and serve you guys here on Capitol Hill, and we're going to continue to do that, even with a government shutdown. So now Nancy Pelosi is sitting on a fake excuse. Some in her own party are pushing back on her, saying that is a, a, a really stupid idea to disinvite the president to the State of the Union speech. And so it's the big hubbub on Capitol Hill right now. It's all everybody's talking about. Now, there have been, uh, well, what would you call them? There would be there. There have been suggestions from others in the Republican Party, in particular. I think the latest one I saw was Rand Paul. He said, uh, "Normally, yeah, you would give the speech in the House of Representatives, but if Nancy Pelosi refuses to invite you to the House." then I would just say, Mitch McConnell, invite him to the Senate. Let him give the State of the Union in the, in the Senate. It's, uh, it's breaking protocol, of course, but protocol has already been broken by Nancy Pelosi. Just give the speech in the Senate. I mean, it, think about it. All the different things, all the new things that have happened that don't traditionally happen during a presidency during this 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 term of Donald Trump, so many things are different. So what's one more thing? What's the big deal? I say do it. I say hook it up and let him do the State of the Union speech. Then you have to ask yourself, why is Nancy Pelosi disinviting him? Is she just being spiteful? Is she just being a jerk? Is she uh, in... Uh, progressing stages of dementia, uh, well, what's the deal? Well, if you look at it with the government shutdown, and I told you guys days ago that the Democrats are losing this fight. They're losing this fight because they're losing some in the media. They're losing some in their own party. Uh, while they're losing this fight, the last thing they need is Donald Trump to have a nationally televised speech with no interruptions, no debate, no backtalk, where he can lay his case out yet again in long form, not like what he did on TV just last week, in long form, be able to make his case to the American people as we need a wall. And then you think about 
outside of that, the broader picture of how this would negatively affect Democrats. We know how Donald Trump is. Donald Trump will most certainly bring angel moms to that speech and have them sitting in the crowd. He will point them out right in front of Democrats, tell their story, and really make the Democrats look like a bunch of insensitive jerks. That's why they don't want Donald Trump doing a State of the Union speech. It would be disastrous for them. So I get it. I get the reason they're pushing back. But they've painted themselves into this corner, and they can't use a cop-out like, we're not doing the State of the Union speech. It's too late. You got to take your lumps. You got to... You took the chance. You played chicken with the date of the State of the Union speech. You, the Democrats, you, Nancy Pelosi, took the chance thinking the government shutdown would be ended before the State of the Union speech. Now it's not, and you're backed into a corner. You can't get out of this one. You're stuck. You thought Donald Trump and the Republicans would cave. Nancy Pelosi thought there would be enough Republicans. They were so freaked out by the government shutdown and so scared of having the blame placed on them for political reasons that they would then convince Donald Trump to uh, uh, pass a CR, a continuing resolution, to kick the can down the road and deal with the wall issue later. She knew that would happen because that's, that's what's happened in the past every time. Republicans cave. We get what I will, we get what we want. Republicans compromise. We don't. And then it never happened. And then three weeks went by and it still hadn't happened. And now she's having to worry about the State of the Union speech. So really, she's got a, only a couple of options. In the government shutdown, while you can, while you can still get what you want, go to the White House, tell Donald Trump, hey, you can have the wall. This is what we want. Donald Trump will say, sure thing. We can all have our stuff. Sign off on it in the shutdown, and then the State of the Union is not as damaging to your party. Or... You can continue this track of telling Donald Trump he can't give the speech in the House. He'll go give it in the Senate and make you look even worse as he has to do it in an untraditional fashion because the Democrats are a bunch of crybabies. There's a winning solution to this for Nancy and there's a losing solution. And if I have to guess, just based on Nancy Pelosi's track record, And based on how she's conducting herself now, she'll probably go with the latter. She'll probably stick to her guns, even though people are out there, Democrats are out there, they're like, don't do this. It's a bad idea. You're going to screw it all up. Nancy Pelosi is crazy enough to just keep pushing forward to try to make a larger point. I think Nancy Pelosi, here's the thing, when Nancy Pelosi was up for speaker, leading up to the midterm election, there were so many Democrats who was like, man, Nancy's lost her touch, we don't need her in there, it's just, a, it's a bad idea, 
Let's let's put in some new blood, somebody that can be there and hold that position for a long time. Uh, and then the blue wave happened. Blue wave. That old gang. And uh, Nancy Pelosi was uh, back at uh, in, as part of the discussion. Should we put her in? Should we not? Well, everybody all of a sudden kind of crowded around Nancy and said, "Yeah, yeah, we want Nancy. She's she's a great negotiator. She's she's like a she's a pit bull on Capitol Hill. She, you look at her record; she'll cut your head off, and you won't even know you're bleeding. All this stuff." That Nancy Pelosi went from uh, senile, and we needed some new blood in there, to she was the greatest speaker of all time, and we can't wait to to have her in there. I think they were originally right when they were saying she was she had lost her touch. When they were saying that we need to put somebody else in there because Nancy's just she's getting up there in age, she's losing her touch. This is a different scenario. This is a different Congress. This is a different presidency than she's ever dealt with before. So I don't think she knows what she's getting into. Let's put somebody else in there, but they didn't. They were so excited about their measly win in the house. They were like, yeah, we're going to put Nancy in there because Donald Trump hates Nancy and blah, 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 blah. And now look what she's getting them. Painting them into a corner. Making stupid calls like disinviting the president or refusing to invite the president to conduct the State of the Union speech. I was watching Joe Manchin on MSNBC and, and Joe Manchin's probably one of the more level-headed Democrats in the entire party. There's not many of them. And honestly, I would have to sit and think hard to find any level-headed Democrats at all on a federal level. But Joe Manchin, I can go with Joe Manchin because he's logical for half the time, at least half the time. And I'll give the guy credit. I kind of like Joe Manchin. He's one of the people that are saying the same thing. He's like, this is this is not this is not the the thing to do. Now, he's beholden to his party because we know the Democratic Party is all about being a sheep and following the leader. So you can't say anything to cross the leader. You can't talk smack about your other colleagues like they do in the Republican Party. So he's not willing to attack Nancy Pelosi. But he is willing to say that Nancy Pelosi should not be doing this because it hurts the whole party. This is that appearance on MSNBC. It's always good to be with you. We have a lot to get to. Let me start with Nancy Pelosi uh, stating security concerns are the reason why she's essentially uninviting the president. Do you think that's why or is this a political power play? I'm not sure what her intentions are. I have the utmost respect for Speaker Pelosi, uh, but I think this is wrong approach to be taking right now. Her things, approach? The approach by saying we're going to shut this down and not have uh, because of security. I think our staff, and I spoke to the Capitol Police, I think they're still in place and they're still getting paid. So do you think then that the president should come and deliver a State of the Union no matter what on the 29th? Well, it's not no matter what. I think he has to be invited by the House, as I understand, because we're in their chamber. Sure. Would you encourage the Speaker to reconsider and to allow the president I would always to come? encourage that we should try to have every type of, uh, of respectful dialogue that we possibly can. I just, I just don't find where I come from in West Virginia. We just don't act this way. Well, here in Washington, apparently they do because we're apparently. in this. Thing. 
He says, we don't act this way in West Virginia. Acceptable. Uh, you are also part of a group that is working on a bipartisan negotiation. Sure. There is a, a letter that has apparently been, been put out right. to the White House mm -hmm. asking very specifically for a three-week reopening of the government. Now, President Trump already rejected that. Lindsey Graham said last night he talked to the president about him again. What's the point? If the president already said no, why even push this? Well, let's just get back to whose who's responsibility for what. We are Congress. Article 1 of the Constitution, we're an equal branch of government. Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Kevin McCarthy, they all have a responsibility as the leaders to find a pathway forward. When you can't find a pathway forward, but the bodies agree, and let me give you a perfect example. The six bills we have in front of us that would open up 90% of the government, 96% of all funding would be restored, and then you can fight over the one and we can have a resolution for 30 days or whatever it takes to work our, our differences on homeland security security and this is where joe manchin loses me I, I, just like i said i i i can sympathize with him 50 percent of the time just like i, I was with him for 50 percent of this interview and then he starts talking about this mess about a cr or about these bills that are going to open 90 percent of the government well then you can fight over the, the other 10 percent later sure because Nancy and the rest of the Democrats will be like, that's fine, we'll hold out. We don't need the other 10%. We got 90% open. We're not going to do it. They've already pulled this stunt once, twice. They may have pulled it three times. Every time that the wall issue has been brought up, Donald Trump has compromised. And, and conservatives weren't happy. I, I was not happy about it. I said it needs to get done because these guys are never, they're not looking for compromise. They're not. And Donald Trump's had to learn that. He's a guy that from day one, he's had to learn on the job about how Washington works. He had more insight about Washington going in than most of us could imagine having because he dealt with these people so often. But he had to learn what it's like to actually run the government, to own that office. He's finding out, and it takes a few missteps to get to where you can actually fight back against the swamp. The missteps Donald Trump had was allowing these people to go to the next session and talk about the wall then. They say, hey, we want to help you with border security. We're 100% behind it, but... We got to get this stuff passed first. If you pass this stuff, we promise, we pinky promise, we'll we'll do the wall thing. We'll we'll get the wall thing figured out. Just just give us another another two three months, and we'll do it. Okay, fine. If you promise, then sign off on it. And then we go to the next one. Well, we've got a lot to discuss. It's a really big issue. Let's just do this right here to keep the government open. And we promise. Next time is it. Next time we're going to do the wall. Okay, all right. Now here we are. They're doing the same thing again, saying just open the government, even if it's just for three weeks, just open the government, and we can talk about the wall thing, and we can get it figured out in three weeks. Just open the government, please. They open the government. The Democrats, will, the Democrats are asking for what they want. Give us what we want, and then we'll figure out how we can give you what you want on the backside. That's not how it works. It's like buying something off Facebook Marketplace. 
you find a random person with the item you're looking for, say it's a, a part to your dishwasher, and they've got it. It's an $80 part at the store, but they won't sell it to you for $5. You're like, heck yeah, man, let's go. So you drive over to their house, and you show up, and they got the part in their hand. You don't know who they are. You don't know if they're trying to rip you off. So you pull out the money, and you're like, okay, hand me the part, and I'll hand you the money. Same time. Same time. But if you hand the money first, and then they run off, what do you got? This is what Washington is. You got to do it at the same time. You'll get screwed over. Washington, D.C. is basically real-life Facebook marketplace. Same time, man. Same time. So Donald Trump is doing exactly what he needs to do. He learned his lesson. He messed up. He should have never allowed these people to go on. Democrats want the government open, even for two or three weeks, so they can regain their footing. They can they can uh, reset and fix the narrative how they need it. And they can reopen the government. They can concoct a plan where instead of them looking like they do now, they can make Donald Trump look like the bad guy to most Americans. They just need the government to be open first so they can do that. Because their plan... Their initial plan didn't work. Their intentions were to let the government shut down and then Republicans cave. Republicans convinced Donald Trump to cave. Didn't happen. So they need a different plan. But they can't implement their plan until the government is back open. That's where we're currently at on Capitol Hill. Will... Donald Trump be given the State of the Union address? Who knows? I think that is supposed to be conducted on the uh, 29th of this month. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the 29th will be on a Tuesday. A week from this coming Tuesday. And the government may be open by then. May very well be open by then. By that point, we will be on the heels of the second missed paycheck by a lot of federal employees, which will just help the speaker's the speaker's narrative in pushing what he's going to push. Because at that point, these federal workers have gone a whole month without a paycheck, and they're getting worried and they're getting frustrated. And Donald Trump will just say, hey, we're just trying to keep America safe. You see these faces up here in the balcony? You see these angel moms holding the pictures of their loved ones who were taken from them far too soon by illegal immigrants that shouldn't have been in this country that were deported five, six, seven times? That's the reason we're doing this. The Democrats don't care about those angel moms, and that's why you're not getting a paycheck. So demand that the Democrats make a move on this. Give up. You've lost the fight. You're only doing more damage 
more damage to your party, to your political chances. What's that number of $5 billion being lost in productivity in the U.S. due to the shutdown? Once that number gets out, that's not going to help the Democrats at all. The Democrats have caused us to lose $5 billion in productivity because they allegedly wanted to save $5 billion from wasteful spending on a silly border wall. So good luck to them. Best of luck to you, buddy. It's not going to work out whatsoever. It's over the line, over the line show.com. Make sure you go sign up for the newsletter as we will update you when new things arise there on the website. We're about to put a behind the scenes section on there where we just throw up some videos, maybe a photo gallery merchandise all that jazz it's coming your way make sure you share this video and this podcast with your friends tell them to join us hang out listen to this uh sick guy talk about politics for the rest of the morning 646-668-2714 646-668-2714 that's the number hit us up over the line we'll be back after this The president of Mexico yesterday, or the ex-president, whatever, whoever, he said, we will not pay for the wall, even consider paying for the wall. So, who's going to pay for the wall? 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 one of the reporters yesterday and they said the president of mexico said they will not under any circumstances pay for the wall they said to me what is your comment i said the wall just got 10 feet higher it's true
the line, over the line show.com. Thank y'all for hanging out. Over the line, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, what else? Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, from all kinds of places. iTunes. Real quick, before we get back at it, because I've got a Ruth Bader Ginsburg countdown until she uh, she hangs it up. I'm not going to say till she kicks the bucket, even though I know that's what everybody's thinking. <laughs> God bless her. We don't want her to pass away. We just want her to take her to the house. Uh, let me real quick tell you about my friend Nick the Marketer and NickTheMarketer.com. Nick is, uh, Nick is a guy that has been... Uh, not just with his podcast from the beginning, but he was uh, with the line from the very beginning there to uh, support the show, do whatever he could uh, to make sure that show was su- as successful as possible. And then he moved on to to do his own thing, start his own company, which is called Nick the Marketer. So what he does now is he goes out and he makes sure that you have a website that is top-notch, that is able to not only attract customers but uh, or attract eyes, should I say, but he puts together a website for you that takes those eyes that make their way to your website and turn them into customers. He does search engine optimization, pay-per-click. He manages social media, all this stuff. He does this to get you results for your business. With small business, large business, whatever the case is, whatever you got going on that requires a website, Nick the Marketer can help you out with that. And he does an absolutely amazing job. I want to tell you about him because he's the one that's helping me put my website together, the overthelineshow.com. And he's kind of laid the groundwork for us, and we're doing the rest of the work and putting the content on there, which we've been very slow about doing. But he does an amazing job to the point that he gives you the ability to track the amount of people that go to your website, that click on your your content, that, that call you from checking your website. You're able to track this stuff. So when Nick puts together a website for you, You don't have to just trust that it's working. You can actually go in there and see the stats for yourself and see who's going and clicking on your website and calling you because they saw the website. The search engine optimization that these guys do, they make sure that if people are searching for your product or your services, they're going to have to trip over your website in the search engine before they get somewhere else. It's going to be seen by people. So check him out, nickthemarketer.com. When you do that, let him know you heard it right here on Over the Line. Just give him a, give him a thanks for, for helping out the show and uh, doing what he does. The number, 205-610-9550, 205-610-9550. Uh, you can do something as simple as go to the Facebook page, Nick the Marketer. Click like. And uh, maybe even send him a post. Say, hey, thanks for supporting Over the Line and um, all you do for that Andrew McLean kid. So, again, nickthemarketer.com. Another question I was asked was about um, 
listeners and followers of this podcast, how can you uh, contribute or donate to the show? Uh, there is a way to do that, I believe, on all the platforms, whether you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And I'm going to look now. But that is hosted by Anchor, anchor.fm, which is our main hub that distributes our show out to all these other platforms to make it super easy for you guys to 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 get your hands on the show, to be able to listen to the show. Uh, let me look. Da, 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 da. Yeah, if you're looking at the details on Apple Podcasts, there is a spot there kind of in the middle of the page that says become a supporter of this podcast. And it is anchor.fm slash over the line slash support. So anchor.fm slash over the line slash support. What I'll do is I will also, uh, I'll go and uh, post that on social media. I'll post it on the Facebook page. I'll even post it on my personal page and uh, on Twitter as well. And if you guys want to uh, want to do something, want to contribute to the show in that manner, I mean, they do stuff as simple as uh, anywhere from uh, 99 cents a month to 9.99 a month, or, or or whatever the case is. It's uh, however you want to do it. Just go again, Anchor.fm/slash over the line slash support. I had to double check that. I forgot already. So there you go. Anything you guys do, uh, I, w- I know that you know I appreciate that stuff more than you know. Because anything uh, we get, uh, we put back into the show to get stuff done and make sure this thing keeps going. Because as a one-man show, it's it's not easy. And, and I, I'd say one-man show, I don't want people to think that nobody's helped me. And I've done this from scratch. I've had a lot of help. Uh, my girlfriend Trish has gone a long way to to help me get this studio together. Friends and family have really helped me out uh, in in making sure we can get this thing off the ground. We got a long way to go, but our main concern was just getting a microphone right here, me sitting behind it, and starting to talk smack on a daily basis. So, as we move along, we'll be able to expand the time of this show, and uh, also maybe do it more days a week, five days a week, do some weekend shows, all kinds of stuff, uh, which I am pretty excited about. I think even Rush Limbaugh, does he, he does weekend shows as well, does he not? Because I want to say I heard him live on Sunday, this past Sunday. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe it's because I was sick that I was just making that up in my head. I have some weird dreams, y'all. I have some really weird dreams, especially lately. I had a dream that I had a pet, um, I had a pet deer, and the deer was really small. It was only about waist high, but it was like an eight point. (laughs) So it was like this tiny deer with this big rack, and, um, I don't know. It was just bizarre. I got a pet in my future, apparently. 646-668-2714, 646-668-2714, 646-668-2714, is the number. Uh, if you guys call the show and you have to sit on hold a long time, please, please forgive me because I don't always pay attention to that thing. I get uh, I get preachy and uh, get lost. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Ginsburg Countdown. As you know, she has missed... 
oral arguments for the first time in her 25-year career on the Supreme Court. She missed uh, an entire week and is continuing to miss days, saying that she will be working from home. A report came out just before that to say that she no longer has any signs of cancer, and the media painted her as healthy as a horse, if you will. So, if you go by the media's insinuation, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should be back any time. Back on the Supreme Court to fight for women's rights, to fight against the gender pay gaps and transgender people and whatever. But now we're finding out that she's even canceling upcoming speaking engagements. Which has got to be scary news for all left-wing wacko liberals. She was slated to appear on January 29th, the same day as the uh, the State of the Union speech is scheduled, at the Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles. There was a February 6th event featuring Ginsburg and a private equity titan and philanthropist David Rubenstein in New York City, that has also been canceled. They said um, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg regrets that she is unable to attend the talk with David Rubenstein at 92Y on February 6th. I guess that's the 92Y is the event or whatever. Uh, But yeah. That's the latest on RBG. She is now canceling other speaking engagements. I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time. And you want Democrats to to leave this government shutdown issue in the past and just reopen the government and forget about it and, and call it a loss, chalk it up as a loss? Let Ruth Bader Ginsburg announce her retirement. They won't be thinking about anything else. They will lose their ever-loving mind. And and I'm at the point, and I I said this on Facebook, that I know that adding another Supreme Court justice that is a, a constitutionalist, a conservative, is a big priority and would be an amazing thing that changes the court for generations. Not just a couple decades, but for generations it will change that court. I know that's important, but really, at this point, my priority is just Ruth Bader Ginsburg retiring and watching the absolute meltdown on the left of people basically saying that it's over, life is over. Our our liberal extremist agenda is over. We'll never get this stuff done. We'll never be able to to protect gender pronouns. Oh! So that's RBG. That's what's up on her. We'll keep you updated on that. We've been doing that this week, so we'll we'll keep you going on that front. Ocasio-Cortez was uh, running around the Senate, and and I don't know if this was this morning or last night, but I I just happened to catch a clip of it on the news. Uh, 
she was running around Capitol Hill looking for Mitch McConnell. Apparently, she wanted to confront him in front of cameras and, and I don't know, give him the what for for not uh, taking the House's bill and sending it to the president, which they both know. Um, which they both know that will get shot down by the president. He's not going to sign it. And she runs all over the place. Maybe, maybe I've got it here. This is from Lawrence O'Donnell last night, and it's titled, Where's Mitch McConnell? Alexandria Cortez asks, mm, let me see. Okay, maybe this is it. This is, this is last night, Lawrence O'Donnell, MSNBC, one of the biggest jerks on MSNBC. So hold on tight uh, as you listen to this audio because it's not easy to hear. Well, Donald Trump discovered today that his job does not come with the same privileges that come with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's job. Donald Trump doesn't have floor privileges. The president of the United States does privileges that a member of Congress has. A member of the House of Representatives can enter the House chamber at any time, and a member of the House of Representatives can also enter the Senate chamber at any time. Donald Trump cannot. The president of the United States needs an invitation. And today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told the president, because of the government shutdown that he created, she cannot extend an invitation to him to deliver his State of the Union address in the House of Representatives to a joint session of Congress. And Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez put the blame for the shutdown right where it belongs as of now, and that is in the United States Senate. And she did that by exercising her floor privileges and walking right into the United States Senate chamber to deliver a letter to Mitch McConnell telling him to bring the government funding bills that have already passed the House of Representatives to a vote in the United States Senate where those bills would pass if Mitch McConnell would simply allow a vote. Okay, there's a lot of talking going on here. I'm just looking for the video of Ocasio-Cortez, and this dude's running his mouth. Let me see. The, ti- the title of the segment was Where's Mitch? And they're not even talking about it. That's what I get for scrolling through Twitter trying to find this stuff. Uh, where's Mitch, Ocasio-Cortez, I know y'all, uh, y'all love when I do radio like this, mmm, everybody's posting the same video, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez slams President Trump for the shutdown on, uh, the 16th, this was yesterday, what's this about? He was eight years old. His childhood dream was to become a pilot, and he knew and felt that in the United States, all things are possible, and his dream... Okay, that's just her talking about some, uh, some pilot, I guess. Alexandria Cortez, I know I should do this before the show, but, uh, Cortez, where is Mitch? Maybe that'll find it. Anyway, this video was absolutely hilarious because she has got all these cameras out there. And she is standing with, I don't know if it was Kristen Gillibrand, it was somebody. And she's preaching to these cameras about how Mitch McConnell is literally hiding from her. 
because he doesn't want to face the facts. He doesn't want to answer the questions of why they won't open the government back up. She runs around and runs around, and she's, uh, yeah, I wish I could find that audio. And she's like, he is obviously hiding from us. We went to this building and that building, and we went to the Senate floor and all this, that, and the other. And then it turns out Mitch McConnell the entire time was in his office. And they asked him, and he's like, nobody ever said they wanted to meet with me. I've been here all day. They were in the wrong building looking for Mitch McConnell. Actually, they went to three separate buildings, <laughs> and all of them were the wrong building. They didn't think to go to Mitch McConnell's office, which just shows you the kind of representatives we as Americans have elected to serve on Capitol Hill. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is an absolute buffoon. And as I've mentioned in the past, she is gold for people like myself that do podcasts, people on the radio, even pundits on TV. She is a gold nugget that, yes, she can do some damage to this country, especially now that she's on the financial committee. But she is gold because she is going to continue to make faux pas such as this and make herself look like an absolute idiot if you watch her while she's on capitol hill and when she especially in this particular clip she even acts like you're stereotypical and and i don't want anybody to get offended by this if you're this person or you've got kids that are like this you're stereotypical teenage early 20s female that are that they uh when they're talking to you about something that's all like this and that and such as and da 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 this is ocasio cortez this is a, a literally a representative on capitol hill that conducts herself that speaks as if she is a 19 year old teenage girl and there's nothing wrong for teenage girls acting like that it's fine but this is somebody that's supposed to be in charge of our government here's a clip of her looking for mitch mcconnell uh i'm not sure who the other representatives are that she is with but i found the audio here it is Right here, listen to this. Freshman Democrats go in search of Mitch McConnell. He's not in the cloakroom. He's not in the Capitol. He's not in the Russell Building. He's not in the floor of the Senate. And 800,000 people don't have their paychecks. So where's Mitch? He's in his office, dummy. <laughs> He's in his office. He's in his office. Hey, I'll never be able to get enough of that. But that's, uh, that's something to keep your eye on. Maybe, I don't know. She may still be looking. It may be a uh, a story that continues to progress that we follow, and it's going to be, uh, where is Ocasio-Cortez? Everybody's using hashtag where's Mitch on Facebook. How about where is Ocasio-Cortez? What building is she currently in looking for Mitch? We need to know. Need to know these things. When we come back on the other side, I'll tell you about a... Uh, 
an arrest of a man who allegedly planned to blow up the White House. A man out of Georgia apparently had enough beef with Donald Trump or the Trump administration that he had plans to blow up the White House and the feds had to scoop him up. We'll tell you about that on the other side. Also, you'll never eat vegetables again after hearing about PETA and their latest ad. For those watching the video, I'll try and show you the visuals of the ad because the audio isn't worth uh, listening to. But beware, if you like vegetables, that may be over after this ad. Over the line, over the line show.com. Don't go anywhere. absolute control. And that's why we're just out here doing simple things, pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural. And this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order. And that's why they want to try to keep us out of it. I'm angry. I've had enough of these people. Little bones of Christian murderers scum. They're on giant death factories keeping babies alive. You're selling their body parts. What more do you need to know about these people? I go out and face these scum. They literally crawl out from under rocks. They have green looking skin and they run around screaming, We love Satan, we wanna eat babies. I have them on video. Hillary's in the creepy, weird six stuff, man. Sleeps in the same room with that creepy weirdo woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. That woman number one is ugly. Imagine how bad she smells, man. I'm told her and Obama just stink. Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. Fire pot, then the goblins are hobbling round, coming after us. My spirit gets close to that evil, and I feel it go. Ah, ah, ah. We're such self centered crap, we don't even notice, and it's self rising up against us. Millions of poor people 
Thousand Foot Crutch. I love that song. It's actually, most of y'all probably know, that's a Christian band. That's uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Again, overthelineshow.com. Also, you can go from there and find us on any of our platforms. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Overcast. There's... There's so many different ones. You can uh, check us out on any of those any of those places. All right. Uh, before we took the break, I, I told you guys about about Tapita's new ad. Okay. Now I want to prepare you, and I don't know for you that are watching live on YouTube. I don't know if YouTube's gonna like kill this feed because I'm playing copyright material or whatever. They tend to, to, to poo-poo on the copyright stuff, but I'm a rebel. Um, I just need to show you this ad. It, it's, it's a little... It's not downright... It, it's vulgar, but it doesn't actually show nudity or anything that, you know, you would... Let's just say it's probably going to make you uncomfortable, okay? I just, I'll just go with that. And take that for what it's worth. Um, it's just going to play music. So for those of you that are listening to the podcast, I'm, I'm just going to kind of explain what's happening as, uh, as this goes along. So let me move my camera here for you live people. Come on over this way. All right. Are we ready? Man, that guy's a looker right there. All right, here we go. This is PETA's brand new ad that was just released a, a day or so ago. And it is, it's talking about masculinity and how uh, you can still have masculinity if you don't eat meat and how uh, vegetables are what makes men manly men. Not, not, not meat. Not protein, only vegetables. Give up the meat. It's got a guy in a tennis outfit. It's zooming out. And he has a carrot and potatoes hanging between his legs. 
It's just so ridiculous. They literally have uh, giant vegetables hanging off their clothes uh, right there in their private areas. The dude with a banana and a couple limes. Now, PETA, listen, I just want you guys to get the gist of that. PETA is uh, PETA's in the business of being shocking, as most of y'all know. I mean, they get their protesters out there, and, and they're naked, and they're covered in uh, animal blood, supposedly, and all this other stuff. So they're no strangers to being just completely, uh, completely offensive like that. Let me tell you what the rest of this ad says. I... I I took the camera away for you live people. But the, the, the commercial wraps up with this text on the screen. Increase your sexual stamina. Go vegan. Right. So is that a thing? I mean, I'm no, uh, I'm no scientist, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not a, a medical practicing doctor or anything. But if you go vegan, does that improve your sexual stamina? Is that a thing? And what vegetables do those entail? I don't think that's right, honestly. But who am I to say? Peter knows much more about that stuff than I do. So you've got that Peter commercial. Uh, I know you guys are very excited to have seen that. I'm sorry if it ruined your day. Uh, there's another story that I've been holding on to for a few days. I haven't gotten around to uh, to showing you guys. But it's about a weatherman, a meteorologist, out of... Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what city this is in, but it's WHEC. So the meteorologist is... He's talking, uh, or he's reporting from the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Park in Rochester. And uh, he mentions Martin Luther King's name, but he mispronounces it. And when he mispronounces it, it sounds like a word that would have been a derogatory name for an African American. So even though it seemed like a slip up, because he said that, because that came out of his mouth, they fired the guy. Now, I don't know if anything's happened on the backside where they've rehired this guy or anything. But as of earlier this week, he had been canned for those remarks. Now, I'm going to let you guys listen to it. And you can tell me what you think. If you think it was a simple slip up or if he was uh, doing it on purpose or if he needed to be fired simply for the slip-up. Here's the audio right here. This is the way I look out at Martin Luther King Jr. Park. The ice rink at the Zamboni machine out. And, uh... That went by very fast. Let me try that one more time. You ready? This is from WHEC NBC Channel 10. Overall, it was great. This is the way I look out at Martin Luther King Jr. Park. The ice rink the machine out. So he got fired for that. Um, I personally, and I take, when situations of, of, uh, of racism arise, especially when it's uh, 
situations that involve something verbally said, I usually uh, take each case and, and try to look at them from a, you know, a, a point of view where I'm not letting my hatred for Democrats, uh, you know, influence how I see it or anything like that. I try to look at it objectively. And in this case, this simply sounds like a slip-up that has no malice behind it, no intentions of being offensive or no intentions of being racist. The guy, and, and I know this just as well as he does, I'm sure, when you're on the air for so many hours a week and you're talking and you're saying all these things and you're constantly running your mouth because you're on TV or radio, some words get jumbled up. Some words get mispronounced. It just happens. It's part of it. This just happened to be an unfortunate uh, mispronouncing of words. And it cost that dude his his job. Sadly enough. Hopefully they can get that worked out. Hopefully they can get that worked out. We'll see. Um, last, before we get out of here, let me tell you about the, uh, the man that was arrested in Georgia just yesterday. Federal agents apparently discovered his plan to allegedly blow up the White House. No, this isn't Madonna. This is a Georgia man. Anybody want to guess what his name is? Anybody. We need to play... We need to start playing a game of uh, guess the perpetrator, and we'll do it by we'll do it by race. This is probably going to be very uh, full of stereotypes. But whenever a crime is committed and somebody has been arrested, I'll tell you guys the crime, and then you guess what race they are. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> this guy. Who is going to blow up the White House? Sounds like a white guy thing, if you're asking me. I think it's a white guy. But it's not. His name is Hashur Jalal Tahib. He was charged with the intent to destroy by fire or explosives a building owned by the U.S. That's kind of an important building owned by the U.S. Uh, The feds had uh, reportedly received an anonymous tip in March of 2018 and had been monitoring this guy, uh, one of the agents also saw a hand-drawn diagram of the ground floor of the West Wing of of the White House on December 7th. That's kind of scary. A tipster apparently told authorities that Tahib was radicalized, changed his name, and made plans to travel abroad. So there you go. And I, I actually, I mean, if we're going to play uh, who's the perpetrator, I don't even know what race that guy is. I assume he's a Muslim guy with that name, but according to the, the tipster, he had changed his name. So he may be one of these crazy white guys that has converted to Islam and planned on blowing up the White House. Who knows? I'm getting out of here, y'all. I'm sick as a dog. I'm going to try to recover and be ready to hit the road running come Monday. Make sure over the weekend you check out 
any of the shows that you may have missed. They are available online anytime you want to listen to them, download them, whatever the case is. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, all that stuff. Uh, Anchor.fm is another one. That's a really good app. I encourage you guys to go download Anchor, and uh, it's easy to keep up with the show from there as well. So uh, hook that up. Hook it up. Also, uh, don't forget, as I mentioned, if you want to contribute to the show, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash over the line slash support. Anchor.fm slash over the line slash support. All one word. And uh, make any sort of contribution to the show to keep this thing running that you like. And anybody that does that, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you don't, that's okay, too. I appreciate you guys anyway. OverTheLineShow.com. We'll be back Monday. Until then, see you, cuz. <laughs>